Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. As part of our series of chats with diversity specialists, today we're speaking with Mercedes Gamore. Mercedes is the first ever diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist at Prime Electric, one of the most prolific electrical construction contractors on the west coast of the U.S., She is also a member of NAWIC, the National Association of Women in Construction, through their Puget Sound chapter, and has been on the board of directors there, as well as current membership chair. She is on NAWIC's National DEI Committee and is the Recruiting and Membership Chair for the Habitat for Humanity Seattle-King County Young Professionals Group. Welcome to the Hazard Girls Podcast, Mercedes. Hi, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, we're thrilled to have you on the show as part of our ongoing series of chats with DEI professionals. We had Julia Hodum of Schindler Elevator Corporation on a while back. From She's also from NAWIC. Rebecca Francis of IEA William Charles Construction, who's also another um, contact that we made through NAWIC. And then we had Kuma Roberts recently of Arrowhead Consulting. So it's really great to have you on as well and continue that conversation. Well, why don't you walk us a little bit through your journey, Mercedes, like how you got involved in the construction industry, where you started, you know, tell us, just tell us a little bit about what your vision for your career was and, and where it took you. My journey today isn't where I thought I'd be. My father is a general contractor, so I grew up in the trades. However, never thought I would end up in construction. My path from when I was about six years old, seemed really clear to me. I thought I was going to be an attorney working like Matlock or Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) And I went to school for political science and philosophy down at the University of New Mexico and Arizona State University. I am from the Pacific Northwest, but I moved to New Mexico in 2012. And my first job was at the Home Builders Association of Central New Mexico. They are an affiliate of the National Association of Home Builders. And I was membership specialist there and student chapter liaison. Absolutely loved my job. Everyone there kept telling me, you're going to work in construction. You're not going to finish and go to law school. You're going to end up here. And I told them for three years that that was not the case. I was able to get a job as a sales and marketing coordinator at a local residential general contractor, family owned, through my contacts at the Home Builders Association. And about six months into that job, I walked into the president's office, who I've known for three and a half years at this point, and said, guess what? You're right. (laughs) I don't want to go to law school and be an attorney anymore. So since then, my journey has been kind of different. I started as membership specialist, then worked in sales and marketing, warranty coordination, accounts payable. When I moved back from New Mexico to the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle area, I ended up being an accounting manager accounts payable, and then billing and AR. I was not a fan of accounting. And I ended up finding a project coordinator position at Prime Electric about three years ago. And two days in, they said, you know what? We think that you need to be a project engineer. We want you working on a little bit more with our projects. So I was a project engineer until about October. Mm -hmm. And I was promoted to assistant project manager 
For the past year and a half, I have been a part of Prime's kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion task force and helped them with their short-term task force last February of 2021, working through kind of our strategic initiatives. And since then have been kind of angling for a position in the DEI space. We ended up having some restructuring earlier this year and they created a new position and then offered that position to me. So I am Prime's diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist in both our regions, so in Washington and in California. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds like your career was almost just very naturally flowing. It wasn't, it doesn't sound like it was much of a, a struggle to get you to the place where you were. It's almost like it was, you kind of like were flowing, going with the flow, but it was like the perfect path for you. Is that, is that a correct characterization or was it, was it a struggle? No, I wouldn't say it was a struggle. I definitely didn't know what I wanted to do when I first said I wanted to stay in construction. I wasn't sure exactly what that would look for me. Mm -hmm. I knew it was probably going to be on the project management side of things from my experience as warranty coordinator because I did a lot of kind of coordination with the field and our homeowners. But I really wasn't sure where I'd end up. When I got to Prime, that was really when I knew, okay, I want to be a project manager. That was my path. And then, you know, as I got involved with NAWIC and the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee at at NAWIC and internally at Prime, that really showed me that was what my passion was. Mm -hmm. And it was something that then sort of felt natural because I was doing so much of it outside of work and internally at Prime, kind of on a surface level. So when the position came up, they created it and they offered it to me. I mean, this was a very quick turnaround. They, you know, they told me, there was no one else we'd rather have do this job. And I was ecstatic, Mm -hmm. crying and ecstatic and emotional. And my, my boss now came to me and she said, you know, when we created this, you are the best person for it. And I asked your current boss if he thought that you would say no. And he said, not in a million years, this is what she wants. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's, they, so they created it for you really. Yeah. Kind of. Like it, it might have been created at some point anyway, but it, it sort of like it sped, it, it sped things up, let's say that, because they found the per- perfect person. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Well, like I mentioned, we've had all these other, you know, women from some of them from NAWIC, some not like talking about DEI, some of them DEI professionals and how they got a lot of them, like how they got their job is very similar path. Like they, they were, we were working in a different area of construction and then they showed they, they found that their passion was really around DEI and the timing was just good because now it, finally a lot of companies are starting to realize the importance of it. What has your experience been with like in your, just in general, like in your work with NAWIC and with other, I guess, other companies that you're working with, are, are companies starting to realize the importance of DEI more and more and are these positions starting to become more and more available? Yes, I, I would say that they're becoming more available. I wasn't looking for to move out of Prime or leave, but I am on LinkedIn and, you know, looking at jobs kind of just every so often and more and more I was seeing diversity, equity and inclusion type positions. The big one that I see right now in the industry is a supplier diversity mm-hmm. position where you're working internally at the company to set a program up to then bring in diverse partners because more and more clients are requesting a percentage of work be done by diverse partners. You know, those are the OMBE, WMBE, disadvantaged businesses, native owned, etc. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing those more and more. But it, what's exciting is 
I'm in a I'm in a region, I'm in the Pacific Northwest that is pretty progressive. So we have a lot of companies around here that do have these programs already. So we get to use them as examples. Mm. And Prime has started our subcontractor diversity supplier assist program. But we we have, you know, I've been meeting with a lot of people because we have those great examples to to utilize. So I'm kind of working on that program and have really good connections in the industry right now to help me out, which is awesome. That's perfect. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what does it look like? So are you starting from scratch within Prime where you're just, you're first, you're creating the whole vision and tell us, go ahead and walk us through. Yeah. So we had a director of culture and engagement who a few years ago started our Women in Construction Council. Mm-hmm. So we we do have something at Prime kind of for women, but we didn't really have that diversity equity piece. So last January, February, we formed the DEI task force here at Prime, which was short term, about eight weeks, dedicated to figuring out what we wanted Prime strategic initiatives to be. And then kind of building out goals, little goals that we could do to meet those overall kind of initiatives. And, you know, we redefined what different terms meant for us and our mission statement in the terms of a DEI lens. So we we kind of started from scratch then, right, and have kind of been working slowly on that. But no one had the time or bandwidth, honestly, to take on what the full scope of DEI at Prime needs to look like. Mm-hmm. So when this position was created, I am now working in our Washington and California offices. I am leading the Women in Construction Council. We are starting, actually, May, um, we are starting a diversity, equity, and inclusion coalition. So it's kind of taking that core group from the task force and building it out and inviting more team members to help us really push those initiatives forward. So I'm not the only one. You know, we have key stakeholders and then team members at all levels that are helping us to just be more effective and efficient in pushing those forward. So that's kind of, we're kind of basing that off of our Women in Construction Council. It's already kind of built out. Mm -hmm. The big thing that I'm doing is our subcontractor assist supplier diversity program. So that does exist at Prime, but has been kind of done in two different areas, kind of purchasing and then sales. And there hasn't been a lot of intercommunication. We are working with diverse partners and we're very happy about that, but we really want to build that out. We want to make sure that the those partners are accessible to all of our different project groups here in Washington and then do the same thing in California. The big thing is we don't want to just check a box, right? We don't want to just check the diversity box and move on. When we say assist, we truly mean assist. So that is mentorship and what that looks like to us. Does that mean business development mentorship with our leadership? Does that mean access to our prefabrication department, our estimating team, our safety team? So figuring out ways to get those companies involved with us to help them grow Mm -hmm. is where I'm really focusing my attention right now and kind of building out something that's not there yet. Okay. So you're not talking about just creating a list and that's and that's the end of the story. You're talking about actually like developing these relationships and helping them succeed so that they're in a position to work with your company? Yes and no. So we want obviously we're working with them to define scopes on our current, you know, projects so that they are already working. We have several partners that are already working with us, but the goal is we're a large contractor and we are working with smaller subcontractors and we want them to be able to gain the necessary 
business skills to maybe scale up or grow, right? We want them to grow as well as us grow. We don't, we want it to be a mutual um, partnership and we just don't want to say, Hey, you know, client, we're, we're meeting your 10%. We want to say, Hey client, we're meeting your 10% and look at what this company is doing out in their industry. Look at, look at how they're growing. And then potentially they can help other, you know, smaller companies, smaller, diverse partners grow as well. Oh, that's wonderful. And so can you give me an example of, can you think of an example of how this has played out, maybe a specific situation where something new was learned in order to put them in that position? Yeah. So we actually have a really robust prefabrication department. Mm -hmm. As a large contractor, we have the ability to have two very large prefab departments in both Washington and California. And we have, with some of our diverse partners here, been able to bring them into the prefabrication department in tour and show them kind of how we're doing things to then help them kind of figure out if that's something that they could then utilize in their company. And then potentially the future future goal is for them to be able to maybe use our prefabrication department to help them with their scopes of work. Mm, interesting. Okay. So you mentioned that you had done some work with NAWIC on their DEI committee as well. And we also, we had interviewed Stephanie Garcia. So yeah. she's, she's on the DEI committee with NAWIC National too. What kind of work are you doing with the National Association of Women in Construction on DEI? Yeah. So actually, Stephanie and I are co-leads for the social media portion of the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee. Mm-hmm. So I she does a lot of the publications, kind of our newsletters, and I do all the social media. So what that means is I'm working with a team to help write content. I edit content. I I write my own content as well. And then we post all our social media channels. I'm also a part of the Mosaic, so kind of the steering committee of the group moving forward to kind of help develop goals and and, and initiatives for the committee itself. So I work on a national level with the whole kind of country, but I also am a participant of our local DEI committee. Um, and we we actually had a very successful diversity, equity, inclusion panel at the start of WIC Week this year. Uh-huh. We hosted a panel of six, some from the national DEI committee, as well as women from all over the industry. And we even had an apprentice, an electrical apprentice from Canada, which is very cool. Mm. And we had 200 plus attendees, which is by far, like one of the best attended NAWIC events virtually that I think we've had. It was amazing. Fantastic feedback. And we are very happy to be a part of it. That's great. So you guys are on the move. I mean, you're just not, it's not lip service here. <laughs> no, like, we're not trying it. <laughs> actually putting on events and getting things done. All right. So I know that one of your passions, in addition to diversity, equity, and inclusion is affordable housing, which I, I think it's all tied in together. But why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So my dad is a general contractor and we grew up going to Habitat Restores, right? He's a bargain hunter. We grew up, half of our house is filled with stuff from from a Habitat Restore, the sinks and the doors and the side lights, knobs, all those things. So I was aware of Habitat growing up. When I moved to New Mexico, I participated in Habitat Builds with my company down there. And then when I moved back up here, similar, I did things that both the companies I've worked at here in Washington. Prime is a huge supporter of Habitat Seattle King County. And kind of in one of our builds, I was talking to the AmeriCorps group and there's a young professionals organization. And with my background with Habitat and how much I believe in like affordable housing, because the Seattle market is insane. 
I wanted a different way to get involved. So I'm on the board for the Young Professionals Group. That is a way to give volunteering, fundraising, and advocacy opportunities for those young professionals in the community who believe in affordable housing. You know, the Seattle market, I currently, there's a house next to me that is selling for $900,000 and it's over 60 years old and the carpet is still shag and it's just insane. The prices around here, we have 40,000 plus homeless in the Seattle area. So for me, affordable housing is the only way we're going to be able to like for my husband and I, that's the only way that we'd ever be able to afford a home. We, we need support from people like Habitat and we just can't, I mean, we can't buy a million dollar house. That's a shoebox, you know? So for me, being able to fundraise for Habitat and volunteer with Habitat and do advocacy down at our capital is really important because I live here. I work here and I want to be able to continue to live and work here. So what's going on with the housing market there? Is it, are the houses being snatched up by developers? Yes and no. There is a lot of that. We have just, when I lived in an apartment down in Fremont, we had, you know, a row of four older, beautiful brick homes that were bought up and, you know, 12 townhomes went up instead. So we have a lot of that happening. We also have a a ton of people coming into Seattle because of the tech companies that we have here. And then as we get more people, home prices just keep raising and then more and more people are losing their their homes in this area. So it's just driving the, the homeless population up as well as driving prices. And it's just insane. I mean, the house next to me has been on the market for less than a week and they already have a pending offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because you're talking about you were talking about the homeless and you know how access to affordable housing is so crucial to their survival and their well-being but in the same breath you're also talking about yourself and your husband you know two professional working professionals well educated working professionals in in good paying jobs but you still are having issues with the housing market so it's really sounds like a really widespread issue that you're working on there and what's so what's the next step for you with with that aspect of your of your passion. I just want to continue to work with Hype and volunteer with Habitat and fundraise. We have a really big fundraising event coming up at the end of the summer, which is kind of the biggest event that we put on as it as the young professionals that really all of the money that we raise, all of our dues goes straight to Habitat. Mm-hmm. And for me, I I've worked on so many Habitat builds. I just see so many good things that I just want to continue Prime has an amazing opportunity this weekend. We're working with Habitat for the Women Build, which is their annual Women Build. We have 14 Prime employees going out there and working with homeowners and the AmeriCorps group to help build affordable homes in the North Bend area. So I just want to continue doing that work at Prime and then personally with the Young Professionals group. Well, it's clear you're very passionate about these things because I was a lot of times I ask, you know, what's mo- what motivates you, what keeps you going. I think I know the answer. I think, and you can correct me, but is it? It's just you're very passionate about these issues, right? Yeah, I'm passionate. I've you know had friends who've experienced various different things. I personally, as a woman woman in construction and a minority, have let's just tick all the boxes. I'm short. I'm young. I'm brown, and I'm a woman. So I've experienced those things as well. So I just want to make the environment and the industry a better place for everyone who's coming up behind me. You know, we all face struggles for various reasons in our lives. And I was talking with Kuma, actually Kuma Roberts, another diversity specialist recently. And she was talking about how part of diversity isn't just gender or race. Uh, You know, she said there's so much more like for her, she was saying a part of her diversity is that she's 
divorced or that she's in a biracial marriage or, you know, it really could be anything about your life. And so can you talk a little bit about the struggles that you've faced as not just a woman in construction or a minority in construction, but just, you, you know, as the person that you are and your background and, and what you come from, is that, have you faced any struggles and how have you dealt with them? Yeah. So I would say I didn't truly face any real struggles until coming to the Seattle area. I worked in the office most of the time in New Mexico and didn't really have direct contact with anyone outside of the office that I worked in. So I didn't really experience any of that. We were a very small team. I think we had a total of 13 employees. But coming into the Seattle market with just the larger companies I worked for, I definitely did experience that a little bit more. And then moving to Prime and working as a project engineer with no electrical background, no real project management background, that was a that was a struggle at first. I, you know, I come into the room, I don't look very old, and I come into the room and I don't have an electrical background, and I'm not always taken as seriously as other members of the team, maybe because being a woman, maybe because I'm young, but really having to assert myself and stand up for myself. The nice thing is I do that for myself mm-hmm. for the most part, but a lot of a lot of people wouldn't do that. And yeah. it's it's hard to go into a room with 20, you know, middle-aged men as a woman who's 27 years old at the time and try to speak up and be heard. Right. So I would say that that's that was a struggle when I first kind of was getting my footing on the project engineer side. Like I do know what I'm doing. I might not have all the electrical knowledge, but I, but I understand processes. I understand the project management side of things. I understand billing. I came from that world, you know? So so just being able to prove that I have the experience and expertise was a big deal for me, but on the side of like minority and being a woman, you know, I think that prime does a really great job. We have a really inclusive culture which has been amazing. And I have had a team behind me that have been so supportive and have been advocates for me and sponsors and mentors. And for me, that's the the biggest part of my growth. You, I know you had your dad as one of your original mentors. And uh, you mentioned that one of your recent bosses, the one that got you into the DEI space was a woman. So have you had the blend of both men and women mentors? I have. Yeah. So at Prime, we actually have a mentorship program, a formalized mentorship program, which is amazing. Last year, I worked with our chief estimator. He is the only reason I got promoted to assistant project manager last year. He worked with me every month for hours to help me understand the electrical side of estimating, which was really that piece that I was missing to kind of move up on the project management ladder. So he was fantastic huge supporter of what I'm doing, but he also was a supporter of my passions, which is hard to find. I think he knew what I needed to meet my goals, but he also knew what I was passionate about. And he pushed me. He is the one who told me, you know, maybe it's start, start time to think about what you want to do with DEI. Is, is project management your real passion or is DEI your real passion? And what are the steps you need to do to move forward in that space instead of project management? And then subsequently with my current boss, she has been fantastic. She was somebody I spoke to last year kind of about struggles I was having. She was leader of our Women in Construction Council, and she was really an advocate and a sponsor for me and an informal mentor. And then kind of the biggest one for me the last year was Prime's um, chief operating officer. He actually is the one who 
helped create the position and helped move me into the new position. And I have been bugging him and been telling him for the last year and a half that this is what I want to do. And he heard me, you know, he was a sponsor for me and created a position at Prime for this work. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without any of them and the various other people who have helped me along the way. It's so important to feel heard, you know. So what, what would be your advice to men, I guess, in the workplace? And I mean, women, I guess anyone in a, in a position of power there to help to help people coming up through the ranks, what would be your advice to them of how they can help? Just listen, I think. Listen, really listen and understand where they're coming from. You might not have the same experiences, but being able to understand and keep an open mind, I think is really important. I would say for men and women who are in leadership positions, I think you also have to be open, right? Those coming up might have different ideas than you, but their ideas are probably going to be great. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we can get stuck in the same way of doing things. Yes. But as we get more and more of our young professionals kind of up and coming to really kind of speak their mind and have a voice, I think we'll get some really, really amazing ideas. And there are just going to be opportunities for growth in all different areas. I love that. Well, Mercedes, where can our listeners find you and get in touch with you? Can they email you for questions? Yeah, you can email me for questions or follow me on LinkedIn. I do a lot on LinkedIn for DEI and then follow NAWIC DEI for all of our amazing content as well. Mercedes Gamore, it's been great to get to know you and hear about your journey. I suspect we have many more years ahead of watching your amazing career, and I look forward to that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Emily. This was great. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.